Welcome to the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast. Got Ryan Collin, your host. Yo, 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 what up for show? Bob Collin here. Bob checking in from Kentucky. That's why he sounds like Land he's talking through a phone. Yeah. Who else? We've got a lot of people calling in today. Captain JG, Midland. JG. JG. Who else? Dan Williams. I'm here. I'm back. Daniel San. And last but not least. It's pretty damn lonely down here at the bottom of the totem pole, but you've got uh, Jimmy Dolmage. Hello. <laughs> Jimmy Dolmage is here. Hi, Jimmy. We have a full house. Everyone say, hi, Jimmy. <laughs> What's up, boys? This is the first time that Jimmy and I are in the studio together. That is true. This is the second time you guys have met, even though you had a little, <laughs> a little riff going on. Good stuff. So we got an action-packed uh, episode for you. Lots of cover from a uh, weekend of kind of musky fishing. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Um kind of recap we got some some hunting stuff we'll talk about jimmy uh, got his bow fixed we'll talk about that about time after he shoots a deer you get the bow fixed right i also got a bow case oh shit right this dude's stepping out wait what were you transporting don't, don't, your bow? don't worry about it we'll get oh there don't god. worry about it oh my god save it i, I save it i like to raw dog my way through life oh save my it. god oh my god so saving it on that note before we get rolling Dan, you get to send it. Oh come on! I did it. I did a good. La- I did a terrible last time. Just do it well, good then, this time. Then do it good this time. <laughs> snort. God, you suck. <laughs> Bob and Jason, I hope you're doing a snort. No growling. I can't believe you guys didn't have Garrett do a snort. Dude, How's he supposed to do a snort? He was calling in. He just yells. I don't know. Oh God! None of you. That was all business. That was all business. That episode was all business. It was. It wasn't, we couldn't show him. Well, we couldn't we, tell him how we actually are. We thought it was going to be all business, and then he tells us a shit, shit in his pants story. Or, mm-hmm. That was a really good story. That 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 whole episode was great. Yeah, I think it was very informative. I mean, yeah. I listened to it a couple times just to kind of hear his uh, hear what he had to say. So yeah, yep. I know the feedback's been pretty good on the episode. Everybody that I know that's talked to me about it, they've liked it. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool yeah. that he shared it on his uh, social media and everything too. So. I haven't seen whether he uh, like how he did on, in that tournament. It starts uh, starts Thursday, so he's well, still starts, practicing. Oh, that's right, because he was just pre-fishing like, yep. for the whole week. Yeah, so. pre-fishing. Mm. Yep. No, that was really cool. I was, uh, we were glad to have him on for yeah. sure. So hopefully, that's a good start to a good relationship. Yeah. All right. So before we get rolling, Captain JG, give us some deer harvest numbers. <laughs> oh, you know I like to share those numbers. Let's see. As of today, October 18th at 6.39 p.m. So when we I were, last updated. So we were 33,000 last episode with Garrett last week. Yep, we are We are currently sitting at 41,777. Wow. 8,000 deer in a year. That's That's kind of what it was the week before. In a week, not in a year. Shut the fuck up. Same difference, only not at all. Terrible host. So here's something funny. Here's something funny, right? So one of the things that was shared out on the Frequently Asked Questions page pertaining to mandatory harvest, right? And we talked about this. Why was it necessary? Well, the volunteer harvest reporting just was not giving 
the DNR enough numbers, right? You had deer check stations that were open, but it wasn't mandatory. So people just went in if they wanted. And then you had after the season of uh, volunteer hunting um, surveys that were sent out that we, I think, talked about the numbers, how they'd just been dipping down. In a typical year, how many deer do you think were checked at deer check stations? At least. Throw out some numbers. Okay, so we have Jimmy saying that he believes that over the course of a year, at least 10 deer were checked at deer check stations. What are some other numbers? Um, like to- You're talking total deer check yeah. stations for an entire year across the state. Yeah. Oh, man, I would say 2,000. All right, 2,000 from Ryan. What are some other thoughts? <laughs> I'm just going to one-up Jimmy Eight. and just say 11. <laughs> He's just Bob Barker in his ass. All right, so we've got Bob Barker down there. And what about Bob in Kentucky? What do you thought? What do you think, Bob? 896. Okay, so in a typical year, um, I had heard that there were between 20 and 30,000 deer typically checked, which is quite a bit more than what we guessed. But hmm, think of this. Surprising. Think of this. We're already, we're only 18 and some change into the season when you add some of those other early days of hunting. We've now, already exceeded, we've already exceeded the harvest reporting for a typical year. And we've only, we've gone halfway through one month of the season. Now, didn't they have last year, didn't they have online reporting last year, but it was optional? Or is that all new yeah. too? No, so, the, the last year it was optional, but in a typical year when there was no online reporting, yeah, yeah, okay. there were, there were 20 to 30,000 deer checked and we've already passed that. So what was the total number for last season, the entire season? I've been, I've been wondering. It would that. be, it would be an estimate and I don't know that it would be an estimate of the total number of deer that were estimated to have been harvested. But they don't have like what was actually reported. No. Well, that's trash. It was just like a practice year. It didn't count. For no, I mean, well, I just assumed last year they would have tallied like how many deer were were either at a check-in station or through the online reporting. Um, the and I thought it'd be interesting way, to compare so, that from last year to how many get reported this year. So last year, last year we went to the Cass City check station, and when you went to the check station, the people at the check stations told you about the harvest reporting that would become mandatory. And at that time, they would take down your information and put it in um, an online submission. But it wasn't. Oh, okay. An, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you still had to take it to a check-in station, basically. In order to get a deer checked? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Gotcha. Okay. And this year, this year, the just so folks are aware, this year the check stations are operating a little bit differently. So... Um, you do not go to the check station anymore to get your deer aged and get a patch. That's not how it works. So there is CWD, uh, chronic wasting disease surveillance area, where they are taking in heads. Um, and in order to get a patch, you have to turn your head in. Um, there's some areas where it's required and there's some areas where it's volunteer. But the deer check stations are no longer operating where you line up, get your deer aged and get a patch. It's not like that. Hmm. So let me ask, let me ask this question. Is there like criminal charges if you don't report your harvest? Yes, sir. There are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So is it like a misdemeanor? So we talked about it a few episodes ago where right now it's a a misdemeanor 
up to what ninety three days in jail. And, I think it's up to ninety or something. Yeah, yeah and actually, the the DNR director is actually trying to get it knocked down at least for this year to where it's just a civil infraction. That way, they can treat it more like educational purposes this year. So if they basically if if somebody gets caught not reporting it, they can teach them that what the law is, and then just give them like a small fine and more of like educating the public instead of, hey, here's a misdemeanor on your record for not reporting your deer type thing. So right now, yeah, we talk, it's a pretty serious we, fine. We talked about this in episode 31, um, kind of at length. That was that was the, me reading the newspaper episode. Oh, yeah, was okay. Bob. Coffee talk with Bob. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. See, I think I'm on. I'm still on like episode 29, I think. I'm, I'm a few behind. For so. shame. I know. I know. For shame. Well, forget me then. Never mind. Guy's on the podcast and doesn't even get caught up. Whatever, dude. Oh, Man. don't ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I for, like the first 15, I re-listened them like the next day religiously. And then now it's like I, I, I did the episode. I edited the episode and it's like. I got other other podcasts I listen to. I eventually, I do get caught up and I listen to all of them, but I don't do it right away anymore. I probably should in case there's something I miss when I edit it, but, you know, it is what it is. So. Dude, dude, that one was funny, man. That was the one where we slowed it down in slow-mo and shit. And oh, that was yeah. a good time. Okay, well, maybe I was just more focused on that, I think, because I, yeah. I think you guys told me the times and I kind of fast-forwarded right to those points. And yeah. It's so funny, man. Yeah, it was so good. Fun. So, Jason, um, I sent you a story um, a few days ago. Oh, yeah. About, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that wasn't the first time I'd seen that story. Really? Okay. So that's the first I had heard of it. So yeah. it was about some poachers who got caught with a ridiculous amount of salmon. So yeah. break What the heck is down. going out there, outdoors men and women? Like well, Seriously, you're, they're putting a one, very dark light yeah. on the, the hunting and fishing community. When you see shit like well, this at on least, the news, okay. So know? what we what we should say is, so the walleye thing that we went through, and we're we're staying up to date on that. No no recent developments. Were some anglers down in Ohio fishing on Lake Erie? One of the guys was from Ohio. One was from Pennsylvania. These people were in Michigan, but they were actually from Colorado. So we'll get into what was going on. So I actually I pulled up here, um, pulled it up here, an article. And it's in a bunch of news outlets, but Detroit Free Press, uh, Michigan DNR bus group with 463 pounds of illegally caught salmon. Um, and Four, so what had happened? 463 pounds. And that's yeah. All in the picture, in the picture, there's the two COs sitting on the truck bed. Let me do. Now, there's aren't... like 20 salmon not filleted sitting on the tailgate, and then there's bags across the entire. Right truck bed so, that are filleted fish yeah so that's not just like true fish weight that's filleted weight too yeah yeah God. so um looking through the article here uh the seals were over at tippy dam popular spot um tippy dam has a reputation unfortunately a negative reputation of just being a spot where because the fish stack up there's a lot of illegal activity uh, it's been on a declining trend. They're trying to have more enforcement, more um, police or enforcement presence, law enforcement presence, but it's still still pretty bad. So a couple of COs go down there. They get a tip. They go check out this group. And as they 
are approaching this group, there's people cutting their lines so that the COs can't see what they have on the end of their line, likely an illegal treble hook with weight on it or something like that. So they're scrambling. Um, and there's this group of anglers and they had multiple problems. There were people without fishing license. There were people with illegal, uh, illegal tackle, which is traditionally like a big treble hook with, uh, lead, um, mounted to it. And then the group possessed 17 salmon taken by an illegal method. And I, I, so I miss, I miscounted. So there were like 17 full fish and then there was all those pounds of fillets and, uh, they had 40 to 50 fish in their coolers. Some had been filleted. Um, it was, it was a mess. And let me see. So in total, there's about $4,600 in restitution and additional costs. So that's not pretty big deal. Yeah. Pretty big deal. Not, not necessarily, you know, getting like national attention, but, um, like I said, when, when this stuff first hit, it was, yeah, I saw it across different Facebook and social media platforms, um, sharing different articles and stuff. And it was just like you said, you just, okay, so they're from another state, they come here, but it's still, it's negative, negative attention for outdoor recreation. Yeah, it's it's just bad. I don't know, bad, just bad PR. Honestly, yeah, yeah. When you, especially when say, you see it right after, you know, the oh, big yeah. cheating scandal, and it's like, man, hunting yeah. and fishing communities, bunch of assholes. Yeah. How many times you hear um, about deer getting poached, or you know, bear or elk getting poached, and it's like, come on, guys. Yeah, and what happens is, you know, there's a lot of smaller incidents that don't get newspaper articles written, but the ones that you do hear about are the big busts, right? 400-some pounds of salmon. Guy shot 20 bucks in the summer, right, illegally or whatever. So it's always the really big stories that come out. But, um, you know, I would say keep your eyes peeled. There's the uh, report all poaching hotline. Um, If I had my fishing book here, I'd be able to tell you what the number is, and I can't remember it. Um, But yeah, if you see something, you know, if you see something, you can call in and report, you know, an anonymous tip. How dare you? I'm going to give you the number because I'm more prepared than our DNR guy. Oh, it's about time. You ready for this? So you can do it through the DNR app. If you download download the DNR app, you can report all poaching right on the web at www.michigan.gov slash rap R-A-P report all poaching. That's, that's rap like the music Jimmy and I like. Yeah. Rap. God. Yeah. So michigan.gov slash rap. That's on the web. Or you can call or text 1-800-292-7800. Again, that's 1-800-292-7800. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Don't be an idiot, people. Come on. For real. Like, come on. Like, why Why can't you just not be assholes? And just- yeah, I think that's a good point you said, Dan. Don't be an idiot, number one. And also, um, there's not a lot of COs out there, right? There's one or two per county. It's up to us to do a little bit of policing of ourselves. If you right. see something wrong, you need to right. report it. Yeah, well, what's the average for Michigan? Isn't it like two per county or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm sure there's probably certain counties that get more just because of the volume of people, but you know, not that's, many. Yeah, I mean, think of a county. Some of these counties are gigantic. You think of a county like yeah. 
Livingston or Oakland County, like, yeah, and two COs are supposed to manage that. I've been, come on. Let's see. It's, it's 2022 and I'm 31. I've been hunting that property over in Huron County for 15 years and I've seen the CO once. Yeah. Yep. Well, maybe that's because I'm not breaking any rules and that's a good (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Good deal. Well, cool. Um, we'll keep us posted on that. And uh, what he's doing? <laughs> keep us posted on that. We'll stay. Uh, we'll stay up on the uh, the we got weights and fish scandal. Oh yeah. We got weights and fish. <laughs> he doesn't do it as good as Bob, and Bob probably doesn't want to yell that in his in his barracks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would wake up the whole whole goddamn battalion here. <laughs> wake up so. the whole battalion. So, I bet well, they'd cool. all come out of they'd all come out of the barracks though with pitchforks ready to go after yeah. those guys. Weights and oh fish. yeah, they'd be like, no kidding. Weights and fish? Where are these assholes at? I don't think our today's military is using pitchforks, Jason. I'm pretty sure they're coming out with some. <laughs> I mean, he is some, in, some M4s or something. He is in Kentucky, so you never know. <laughs> that's, that's fair. They're coming out with their banjos. Yeah, I didn't dare. Bob, is it is it called muster? Is muster like a phrase of when you like get up in the morning and get your stuff together, or am I just making that up? Yeah, yeah. Muster is just like an accountability thing, like an accountability formation type thing. Sunday, Ryan and I were late to muster. Yeah, because they lacked all accountability for the day. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going. We'll get there into yet. that. We're not going there yet. Damn, Dan. Dan, what do you got? You got anything to talk you know, about? What I, have you been doing since the last time you saw you? You know, uh, same old, same old. Uh, working, preparing for the uh, the night shoot here in November um, down in uh, Marengo, Ohio. I'm excited for that. I think it's Marengo. Maybe not. It's just north of Columbus. So um, excited for that. Uh, you know, got the pontoon all winterized and stored away for the winter, unfortunately. And I uh, got the camper all closed down and winterized for the winter. And, you know, I'm just ready to ready to get on to this winter thing. Man, so. I'm not ready to get on with it. I, I got uh, to work tomorrow, but Thursday I'm off. And I think I'm going to winterize the camper and probably winterize the boat. Not permanently, but I'm just going to at least uh, drain it because I got an inboard-outboard. So I need to drain the blocks. I heard it's supposed to be really nice weather this weekend. It is. It is. My dad's, so, my dad's trying to go play golf. I'm like, well, the fishing boat's not. I mean, the high is going to be yeah. like 70, but it's still going to be like 40-something in the morning. Yeah. It snowed yeah. up here yesterday. Dude, did you hear about the, the Upper Peninsula? Hammered. Like two feet of snow. Snow plows. Snow emergency. Cray, cray. Yeah. That's nuts. But, yeah, so I think I'm going to winterize the boat, um, at least get it, you know, get the water out of it. So if it does get super cold, I don't worry about it. I don't think I'm going to pull the battery and shit like that. So Yeah. But, and then the camper, because I'm definitely not going to use the camper the rest of the year. So it is what it is. I mean, you got to do it eventually. I may still take the boat out, but I want to at least uh, be a little, a little cautious. You so. know, I went and bought some antifreeze for the camper, you know, all my water lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was looking on Amazon, and it was like, you know, 40 bucks for a gallon of antifreeze on Amazon. I'm like, that can't be right. And I for looked, a gallon or a case? You no, know, a gallon 
a gallon. And then I go on Don't to, buy everything on no, Amazon. Yeah, do not buy that on Amazon. And then I go to Home Depot, and it's like four bucks a gallon. Yeah. It's like that's. I was going to say, that's right here, where right we're here buddy, 329 There you 329 go. 329 a gallon. Yep. No, it's good yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. Unfortunately. Jason, do you guys winterize Big Red yet? You put it away, right? Uh, um, not yet, actually. I'm gonna end up. We're gonna end up doing that this weekend. But I'm gonna try to work in a little one last hurrah on Big Red for Walleye and Saginaw Bay, and then drop it off because we get it winterized and shrink wrapped um, up here at Linwood Marina. Okay. You ever do any uh, duck hunting on Saginaw Bay? I have not, just because that's one of the one of the hobbies that I've not gotten into. But a lot of people up here are all about. Duck yeah. hunting around Saginaw yeah. Bay. Duck hunting yeah. just opened, right? This yeah, past weekend. Past weekend, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah we actually, um, a buddy of mine, his his dad used to own a, a cabin in Pigeon, which is up in the Thumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, we would get on boat, and we would go for I don't know, fifteen minutes. We'd motor out for about fifteen minutes, and then we'd pull the boat under this blind, and we would climb up a ladder, and we would sit in the blind in the middle of the bay, and we would just smoke ducks it yeah. was just unbelievable so and with uh with this recent weather windy rainy nasty oh, snowing yeah. up north there are ducks i mean the guys are going out and they're yeah. hammering them. Yep. they're all over thousands yeah. and thousands of ducks around yeah brian was supposed to go out to uh harson's on sunday I oh yeah heard, i haven't heard how he did i haven't texted him but i got an interesting story about that uh, not Harson's, but kind of got into the poaching topic. And this was a uh, this was something to where it wasn't necessarily, I guess, on purpose. But uh, it was my first time ever out there, and we were on. The Are bed. you going to self incriminate yourself here? <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, um... and uh, you know, it was one of those things to where we were. F- we were hunting all morning and everybody else was shooting the ducks and everybody was hitting everything. And I wasn't hitting anything at all. And in comes this King Fisher. And yeah. So they're like, all right, get ready, get ready. And nobody knew it was a Fisher at the time. And I go to pull up on it. And just as I'm about to pull the trigger, they scream, no. And thank God I didn't pull the trigger. Because it came in and flew, it landed right in front of us, and we were like, holy smokes. And then about two minutes after that, we had a DNR boat drive kind of right around the corner from where we were at. And it's like, holy smokes. That would have been terrible. But, again, the awareness of not being an idiot, you know, is where that comes into play. So. I can see how it was easily done to where, if you know, I, I was down kind of, you know, hiding and then they were like, shoot, shoot, shoot. And I would go up and just find what I was shooting at and shoot. But, you know, thank God I was aware. So don't be a dummy, people. Don't be an idiot. Don't be a dummy. So for somebody right. not into that, what does that mean? You're not supposed to shoot those or something? No, <laughs> no. not at all. There's no. so much to duck hunting, waterfowl in general, okay. like what you're allowed, what you're not allowed, like. I thought about getting into it because Brian and those guys are into it. And I'm like, I got enough hobbies. I spent enough sh- money on shit. I don't need another one. You know, I got, I already had, I don't have enough time to do all the, the hobbies I have. So yeah, so I'm good. All right. So let's, uh, let's take it down South and to Kentucky. Bob, what do you got down there? 
Kentucky bourbon? Yo, well, first, yo, yeah, first yeah, off, let yeah, everybody know what the hell you're doing in Kentucky for the next month. Oh, I'm just down here uh, doing some leadership training and stuff like that. Um, it's about three weeks, four weeks of uh, leadership stuff. And I don't know, just kind of the army always has a way of kind of pushing you forward and making you do, uh, making you do more leader things than you might want to do sometimes. So, um, it's actually really kind of a cool course and kind of a laid back, um, you know, kind of a laid back course. So it's, uh, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, I'm, I'm only into day two now down here. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how this goes. We have a kind of a lot going on. Um, but it is good to be back kind of on a military base and be able to, kind of remember that I'm in the army sometimes. So, but, um, not working yeah, out in the office. Know, here, yeah. Eating in the Put on some camo here. and play army. Yeah. <laughs> hearing the bugle calls and stuff like that, you know, and it's, 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 it's kind of cool for a minute. And then, uh, it'll get old here about week three and I'll be ready to come home. So, yeah. um, it, it is, I am, uh, they did decide to send me at a perfect time, uh, you know, during uh, the pre-rut and coming up into the rut and at the peak of the time that I really wanted to target Muskie this year. So, uh, you know, that's that's awesome. Appreciate that, Army. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> duty calls and you got to, you know, you got to go out there and make a buck. So I'm here. Um, but, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Hanging out, being cool. Do what you, you got to do. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, right. yeah. So Bob will be checking in um, when he can with his as his schedule sees fit with his training uh, virtually. But what do you got, Bob? You got uh, you got your your this week in military history. I do, I do. I have something kind of cool today. Um, so today, uh, it, it's not necessarily today in history. Um, this happened on October eighth. Um, on October eighth, uh, Sergeant Alvin York. Uh, I know some some people have probably heard of Sergeant York before. There was a movie made about him, um, you know, back in the day. And who and I can't remember who starred in that. I think it was our Gary Cooper was the uh, the main star in that. I remember watching this movie as a kid. But anyway, uh, in the army, Sergeant York is pretty well known. Like you, there's there's halls named after him. There's roads on military bases named after him because he he did earn the Medal of Honor. And on October 8th, he was awarded the Medal of Honor for some actions taken um, against the uh, the Germans in World War One. And basically what happened was his unit was assigned to um, kind of advance, kind of a small unit, uh, kind of a hand-picked group. I think it was about 18 soldiers or so that were picked to take out some machine guns. And um, they had a the Germans had set up a, you know, kind of a vast array of machine guns along this certain section of the line. So in World War One, you know that there's like a, you know, there was the trench warfare and just long ass continuous lines throughout northern France. And um, his unit was picked to go and uh, assault this one section of heavy machine guns. And uh, he was part of the 82nd um infantry division which was the predecessor to the 82nd airborne division which is um you know kind of near and dear to my heart because i I served in that unit but anyway um so what happened was you know they started this assault and he was a corporal at the time and his sergeant was killed kind of immediately about six soldiers were killed of the the 18 or so that were selected to do this like immediately and and he got he all of a sudden he's in charge so he went on to to lead the assault, and I remember watching the movie, and I thought it was hilarious that like 
it was kind of funny. You know how those old black and white movies are, they're, you know, they're kind of cheesy, kind of corny. And I remember, um, you know, these Germans are shooting at him and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden he would like gobble like a turkey. So he, and like these Germans would stick their head up and then bam, he'd nail him. You know, he'd, turkey he'd, talk. He'd, he'd, yeah, yeah. He, he'd make this turkey call. Like go back and watch it if you get a chance. Like it's, it's not the, you know, it's, it's a, a movie made back in the forties or whatever, but it's, it was, it's definitely worth your time to watch it. Uh, but anyway, he wound up killing um, out of the, about 30 machine gun nests that were along this section of the line. He killed 25 of them kind of single-handedly. So this dude's a straight up uh, barrel chested freedom fighter. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to highlight that this week and kind of uh, this week in history is when that happened back in 1918, uh, which was, you know, towards the end of the war or towards the end of World War One, but um, kind of a, a big piece of history that, you know, is kind of near and dear to the army. That's cool. all I got on that. Very, very cool. Very cool. Definitely. Yeah. I like this segment because you – Bob's a history major. Oh, my dog's freaking out. Bob's a history major, but I've always been, like, fascinated with history, especially military history. Like, I love watching any of the old um, – military movies and shit and like just learning about like what the country went through to get through some of these wars and like the, where where the country is today like because of what happened in, in you know the last four or five hundred years just crazy so that's very cool yeah all right so i got an update from brian on their duck hunt adventure to harzen's island this is exactly what he sent me he says not great killed three Found two. I don't know what that meant. They found two. Uh, he said it was really warm, no wind, made for a really tough hunt. They had the ninth pick and a good spot in the marsh. And apparently they slayed them Saturday afternoon. They so slayed. Bad timing. Yeah. So, and I, I texted back and said, well, that's terrible outdoorsman for you. <laughs> you you get a good spot and you still don't fucking catch it. Sucks them, so. to suck. Slayed. Slayed the bumpies. <laughs> oh man so speaking of the bumpies the wood ducks were on the beds they were the wood ducks were chilling on the beds eating all the bumpies they're spawning right now it's nice the bite yeah. is on all right so jimmy let's hear your story so here your bow's fixed yep so thank god the bow was really picky with scopes um i had the scope that it came on and it was just shooting an inch and a half low no matter what and then the scope Ryan gave me, it was doing the same thing, and the scopes were bottomed out. I couldn't sight it in any further. So my buddy Denny, who I hunt and fish with, calls me, and he's like, you need to go to Hog Wild Archery in uh, Belleville, and he'll and he'll get you right. He'll he'll take care of it. So I've been there before, Jimmy. Y- you know what? I'm glad I went because, one, he figured it out. Two, uh, the manufacturer kind of didn't do the best job of putting the thing together. And so it wasn't really, it was kind of a combination of things, but also the crossbow was really picky with what scope it wanted. I think more specifically the scope rings. Um, So we, he, he throws a new uh, scope on it for me and he's like, let's try this. Let's take it out back and shoot it. And he's got a really nice range there. 
Um, and his so, place is like his his shop is like his garage, right? Yes. Out back. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've been there before. Yeah, that guy's cool. Hogwild archery. I like him. Yep. So and, and he is a whiz when it comes to archery. Let me tell you. Shameless plug. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah no shame at all. Um, because without him, I would have to be borrowing somebody's crossbow uh, this weekend to go hunting because I have a hunting trip planned. Um, but yeah, so he had a really nice uh, archery range outside uh he had a 20 30 40 and then 50 yards and i was dead on at pretty much all of them um what was crazy is when we were sighting it in i shot my first bolt and i was off uh let's say i was four inches high you know and then and then a couple couple like maybe an inch and a half to the right and he without like hesitation he goes okay you're gonna want to do he goes, you're going to want to do a full turn and almost a half turn up and then about six clicks to the right. And so I was like, okay, that's kind of oddly specific for, you know, when we're just trying to get it in there. Uh, so I, I do exactly what he said, and I'm right in the bullseye. And I just like, I so I, I, I let the bolt go. It, you know, goes right where it needs to go. And I just look at him and go, you got to be shitting me. How did you know? Like, like it was just oddly specific. Like, this guy knows his stuff, so I, I'll always go there every time I have an issue now. So, Hogwild Archery, Belleville, I appreciate you guys wholeheartedly because now I can go hunting. So basically, so the scope was the problem, or the bow was the problem? I think it was the scope rings, uh, and and I'm not a hundred percent sure. Doesn't make any sense because I gave you my scope with the rings already on, but it. yours were pretty high though. Same with same with the ones that came with the scope. Mm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure why. I, I, Either honestly, way, your bow's on. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's really the Picatinny reel. Um, I think there's something with that. Yeah, but it's everything's tight. Um, I've had two archery shops now mess with that and make sure it's tight. And you know what? It is on. I'm not complaining. Um, his his prices were beyond fair. So I you know I I you know I feel like I came out on top on that deal so nice yeah so hey at least it's on now and there's no, it's got a case now there's no okay let's talk about that because dan hasn't heard this you got a case yep i do it's got a case soft case or hard case uh it's like a it's like a sleeve case almost not a whole lot of padding but you know what it's got a case right, it's it's it's, it's better than step, what it was it's a step up from chilling in the back seat of your car yeah so <laughs> the back of jimmy's vehicle I have ever. If you need something, his, Dan, you let me know. His life is in that vehicle. He's I got, got his fishing poles, his guns, his crossbows. Uh, <laughs> he's got, some, got. You got some snacks back there. I've he's got, got some snurks. <laughs> I've got warm beer, like yeah. all you can drink. Oh I've God. got my tackle, all, all the tackle that I own. Three fishing poles, a Savage Seventeen, a Twenty Gauge, and a crossbow. So why? Yeah. Um. Just you know the convenience. The I, you know I'm compared. I'm or I'm, I'm prepared. I mean to uh, to do whatever I need to do at any time. You guys want to go fishing? Let's go fishing. You want to go small game? Let's go small game. The twenty gauge was not in my car. I had that. Uh, I took that into a shop to have it cleaned. There was some rust on it, and I had them clean that off. Just so you know, when you clean it, it doesn't mean that it's going to shoot any better. 
So it shoots just fine. <laughs> I'll, uh, and actually, you know, it's good to have you here. I would, I would love to teach you how to shoot. So, okay. you know, um, teach me how to shoot a bow. You guys give me, uh, cause you know, the more I think about it, you know, I, I was neck and neck with the boys and I was the only one using a 20 gauge. You put a 12 gauge in my hands. I want to see what happens. All right. So a- what's after 10 shots, can someone pull like, out that scorecard? I've got a picture. We need it. to see the scorecard. What's, uh, so I, what I really want to know is what's, what's the wager? Oh snap! So if I beat you, Jimmy, you are talking to a professional. All right, so listen. Here's the wager. <laughs> if I, he, does talking, it, he if, does this sometimes. Some, sometimes he just he just talks shit. Imagine you're talking, talking to, to Garrett Paquette for last week and saying, "I'm going to catch more fish than you, bro." I, I'm talking to <laughs> a uh, professional shooter for everybody who hasn't figured that out right now. So here's the wager: if I beat you. I get that gun that you guys won at the event. You gave it away, didn't you? You donated oh, my it. Dad's, oh. My dad's gun. You have to oh, go yeah. take it from your dad and then give that's, it to me. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's no. just dumb. You know, my dad will probably take that back because there's no way you're going to Oh, yeah. yeah. If I lose. But what would he possibly get in return that you could offer If I lose, him? I will gladly Dan, give you. Yeah. If I lose, I will gladly give you a warm case of beer. So... And for some reason, I get the shitty end of the stick. Yeah, so yeah. Fair. The odds, the that's odds are, fair. the yeah. odds are, fa- are are fairly stacked. That's hundred percent fair. So warm beer, maybe some cold pizza, and <laughs> and Jimmy gets a two thousand dollar shotgun. Well, you're talking, you're Super. talking one guy who's who's been shooting one time, you know, and yeah. talking to a professional. I think those, yeah. I think those bets are good. Yeah, because I promise you, you won't beat me. There's I, I, zero I chance. Out of a hundred times, I also you won't even come close. Hundred times, just just for the listeners, none I, of us the, will. The one time we shot, Dan put us on the easy course. <laughs> yeah, so so we everybody were on, had the easy course that day. Well, no, isn't the other course the hard course? No, they were all equally the same. Regardless, they're all easy. We so were we, just terrible. so we shot seventy five <laughs> shells, yep. right, or seventy five targets. Jimmy got like forty two, at least ten. You just shot like seventy five or seventy five, didn't you? Did you just have an outing where you missed? Well, yeah, maybe just, you missed one. First of all, I was in the fifties somewhere. I think it was at fifty-seven. I, don't think so. I was no, definitely. I'm, I'm shooting a league I'm right now. Worker. I'm shooting a league right now, and I've shot two hundred birds, and I've only missed six. So, yeah, Dan, That's I crazy. have a question. You got a shot, Jimmy. Yeah, <laughs> Dan, you got so, a you're, shot. so you're saying there's yeah. a chance? What's <laughs> yeah. all this are one you, in a million talk? <laughs> Dan, are you a right or left-handed shooter? I am a right-handed shooter. I'm ambidextrous. I bet. I bet you can beat Jimmy left-handed. I probably could because I can shoot left-handed too. I can too. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So, so I'll give you. Let's see. So, when we have a terrible outdoorsman, and we need to make this bet realistic because you're not getting my gun. And when we have a terrible outdoorsman event, I'll give you 25 targets. I'll give you 25 out of 100. Okay. 25 out of 100, and that's that's pretty fair. I mean that that the, I like it. The margin for error is is pretty slim on my end because realistically you'll you know you'll probably shoot sixty seventy percent, but it'll force me to shoot you know ninety six ninety seven percent. So if we make the that's bet, a re- very reasonably <clears throat> like articulated, spelled out, intelligent wager. Yeah, because I still know I'm going to win. But All right, we're, <laughs> we're we're going to make this legit. Um, yeah, when we have. Can- 
when we have our shooting outing, when when, when the four of us go or five of us go, yep. we will definitely. I'll give you twenty five birds, and you can use a twelve gauge, twenty gauge, whatever you want. Yeah. So there's no excuses. And, and I'll use whatever gun you use. If you use a twenty gauge, I'll even shoot your twenty gauge. If you shoot, I'm a using 20 a four ten. Twenty two. I'm going to use a crossbow. Seventeen HMR. Yeah. See, and and that's that's Jason, the thing. You need to use that ten. Oh yeah, the single. No, no, 10. Jason needs yeah. to use that gun that jams every other shot. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was yeah. something that Ithaca. Hey yeah. Dan, I've got a quick question. Do you know off the top of your head um, at Bald Mountain you can go and shoot those courses and rent a gun? Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. And then what is the? Do you know what the price is to rent a gun? Because to be honest, I think it'd be pretty. I've never shot an over under. I think it'd be fun to go and shoot an over under through a course. Yeah, it uh, it changed recently. I think for the over under, it's like forty bucks for the day. Um, well, I'm in, but you don't have to worry. about Oh yeah, that. well, Jason, you don't have a choice. You I don't know. have a operating shotgun, do you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, it operated half the time. It did. Well, yeah, as it long as you had the, uh, the as long as you had the driveway marker to take the shell out of your jammed gun. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not that, trying to that. I'm not that trying to turn away when you loaded it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Bob. When you put a shell on the ten gauge, it is a hundred percent. But see, you're, you're known for not loading your gun, so you're going to be up there and you're going to yell "pull," and your ten gauge is going to go click. Didn't I do that? I did something. Can you imagine? They didn't going have to any shells course? to give you. Remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, I just didn't load it at all. <laughs> they don't make they don't make ten gauge target loads. So if you went through that course, you'd be throwing some. High brass, pounding your shoulder. Yeah, that would yeah. be no fun. No. My God. No, and I think, uh, you know, I mean, I, I have enough contacts, you know, to where, you know, we can get you an over-under. You know, if we're all together, we can we can. Well, have I had an over-under that day, and I said you could you, you could shoot it, but your pride got in your way. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, no. Well, yeah. Do you blame me for getting letting my pride get in the way? Yes. After the first time it jammed on the first station, when you got like eight people roll up on you, I would have been like, I'm good. Let me use your gun. You know what's funny <laughs> is when I ran out of ammo, right, because because we shot too many at one station, Glenn want, uh, offered I, – I should have took him up on it because that was a beautiful gun that he had. Somebody shot Glenn's yeah. gun, didn't they? Didn't your brother? Didn't no. Jake shoot it? I no, Glenn offered for me to shoot that too. Oh, that's right. And you're like, no, I'm not touching your. Well, I think it was more. So, yeah, I think that's really what it was. Yeah. It's just because if anything happened, then all of a sudden, there, you know, sure, we, shit, something would have happened. Yeah, for sure. With the yeah. terrible outdoorsman luck, absolutely, hundred percent. That was a fun event. I want to do that again. We need to do another event yeah. like that. Even if you don't do a charity shoot, like we just need to do it. Yeah, it's I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about something along the lines of doing something for like the uh, wounded warriors or you know Ooh. veterans or something like that. Something that we can all kind of get behind and yeah, you know I think it'll be a pretty cool deal. So. Count us in. Yeah, we're in. Yeah, I've got uh, you know a tornado of thoughts in my head always. So it's it just con- constantly. Woo! Yeah, my wife yells at me all the time because she's uh, she's like you just do way too much and I'm like well if I don't I just go crazy. So yeah. Speaking of my wife, I have a a pretty fun story. Um, about so, I know you guys know that the my fishing boat that we restored of my grandfather's. I know I've told that story on here, but uh, so she actually was the one the one that actually rewired it from like front to back, and she you know very impressive you know, and so she basically stripped all the wires, got everything going, and the only time stuff went wrong is when I got involved, of course. So <laughs> and of course she's laughing, rolling her eyes at the same time. 
Um, so we finally get everything going and we go out to Island Lake. Or no, I'm sorry, not Island Lake, Long Lake. It's in uh, like Commerce Township. It's out this way. And she's been watching different like fishing videos and stuff because she really takes what she does serious. You know, if like she if she gets invested in something, she'll she'll do it 100 percent. So she was watching different videos and she was wanting to use wanting to like use a jig. And what she would do, she would tie like a soft plastic on the back of it and, you know, have like a you know swim jig, basically. But one of the videos that she watched, she was like, the guy said that you need to cast it right into the reeds. I'm like, okay, like, you know, that makes sense. You know, and so here I am thinking, like, you know, the reeds that are, like, a foot off the ground, you know, a foot <laughs> off the water, you know, that the ones that are sticking off the top. Well, we get to the far end of Long Lake, and along the edge of the, like, lake on the shore, there are some, like, 12-foot reeds. And she's like, all right, babe, all right, watch this. And she zings her lure into the reeds <laughs> on the shore. Jimmy cast. That's, that's and, co- that is called a Jimmy cast. And I'm like, what? But she did that shit on purpose. No, no, she she didn't. Here's the here's the kicker. I'm like, I'm like thinking to myself. I'm like, what did she just do? She's like, babe, like they said in the thing, gotta rip it out of there. Gotta rip it out. So she's like pulling her, pulling the line, you know, trying to rip it out of there. And then this guy's dog comes running down the steps, and she's like. Sir, there's a lure on the thing. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem, no problem, this and that. And so, like, of course, now Fufu the dog is trying to get to the lure. And then the line breaks. And I'm like, babe, she's they're talking about the reeds that are in the lake, not <laughs> the vegetation outside the lake. So, of course, that's her, you know, terrible outdoors woman episode. And she wanted to make sure I brought it up and... uh you know, so it's just it just goes to show you that there's you know a lot to learn about fishing, a lot to learn about everything. So I like it. Now every time we go out to Long Lake, I take a picture of it and be like, "Here's your reeds, babe. Here you go." <laughs> She's like, "Screw you." There's a lake not too far from here where I've got a really nice uh, fluorocarbon musky leader with a swim bait on it. It's wrapped around a branch of a tree. So Jimmy likes to do that. So we're. <laughs> I think we told this story, but we're on Wolverine Lake earlier this spring in similar wind to what we were in this weekend, like 20 miles. That shit was like 30 mile per hour Yeah, it was bad. Like I couldn't control the boat. My trolling motor just wasn't doing it. And like, we're just like kind of drifting through this bay. And I knew when I get to the back of the bay, I'm like, I'm going to have like a second to jump on the motor and get us the hell out of there. Well, Jimmy's like casting along shore and like, sure as shit, he casts right into a log. <laughs> and he tells me he's hooked up. And I'm like, well, looks like you just lost the lure. Because <laughs> you ain't getting it back. Oh my and God. we did try to get close. Like my trolling motor was like on 10, barely moving us. I'm like back. I'm like literally parallel parking the boat against shore. And we still couldn't get it. And I'm like, well, you can either go in and get it or cut your line. The funny Those are your options is, right now. The funny part is that's right off of a road. Do you know how many times I've like, you know what? I, I should probably just go walk and grab that because I, I don't even have to get my feet wet to grab that thing. <laughs> I drove right past it like three weeks later and I text him. I was like, hey, I just saw your lure. It's still in that water. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we were, um, we were on St. Clair one time and my dad's friend, bless his heart, he uh, recently passed away a few years ago and um he uh he used to take us out there to go bass fishing all the time and 
we were on, I, I forget what kind of boat he, boat he had, but it was one of those deep V boats, you know, meant for the big lakes and stuff. And uh, we'd see these like big yachts go by and it's kind of like, you know, our, our deal was like, look, Muffy, poor people, you know, and that's what like the guys on the, uh, the big yachts were saying to us. And, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool to have, you know, those experiences and stuff and, you know, be able to, you know, talk about that kind of stuff, you know, like. Every time you go past that spot, you'd be like, "Oh, that's Jimmy's lure." You yep. know, the, that's the beauty. Of it's the in outdoors. a weird. It's a very weird spot mm-hmm. of that lake. Like it's on down some crazy back road, and the only reason I went down there is because of traffic. And I don't even know. I didn't even know where the hell I was. At. I was just following my GPS, and all of a sudden, I like came around a corner, and I'm like, I recognize that little bay of, the, of Wolverine, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" And I drove by, and I'm like, legitimately, I saw the log that he had hit. And I'm like, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> yeah. So I, I couldn't even. I don't even know if I can take you back there without like really looking at a map. Yeah, that's that's the fun that's part fun. about going back to those places. That's funny. I remember we made a uh, we made a Jimmy Cast video up in. Uh, I still up have that Lake. video. I'm gonna. Oh, I don't know that's if I have ever, I don't think I've ever posted that on any of our social media. Yeah, you guys shouldn't. It was oh. mean and distasteful. <laughs> <laughs> they're smacking yeah, yeah. their wa- rods on the water. They're like Jimmy Cass, and oh, then just... no, I, I... so in, in your oh, defense, no, um, in... in your defense, there were some Jimmy Cass this weekend, and they were not performed by you. And we will talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but <laughs> and that was, was also when I first issues. started fishing too, and when, when that was a thing, that was my first year fishing. Excuse is excuse. What were you saying, yeah, Bob? We. We were up on the uh, we were up by the high banks, uh, by like these big like these sand cliffs, sand dune type things, and we're sitting there fishing up against the shore and stuff like that. And I was like, "Hey, check this out!" And I I casted my lure like like fifty feet up the bank. <laughs> I was like, "Jimmy Cass," <laughs> slammed it against the side of that against the side of that sand dune. <laughs> yeah, I, I got some I got some Jimmy stories about Winya too. I remember in, in, in Jimmy's defense, times, but, uh, I'll give you a little bit of credit, Jimmy. Defense, you yeah. were you were beyond brand new to fishing. I was just a baby boy. You you were. Now you you really didn't have any fuck ups this weekend, but. You know, I like to call myself a fisherman, but I, there's still so much for me to learn, man. Yeah. You know, I you need to spend some time with the terrible outdoorsman. No, I do for sure. <laughs> that way, that way, you can just like you know not catch any fish. Yeah, not feel so bad. <laughs> hey, I saw I just <laughs> saw a fish. I I'll fit. Oh, I will fit right in. All right. All right so before we get into this weekend, I want to. I got some some stuff to cover. So, um, what was that? Are you just. Air drumming. I was just air punching the John Bonham over here. <laughs> yeah. Air drumming. Um, all right. So the last couple of weeks, we've had kind of a, a phenomenal uh, kind of blast of people listening to the, to the episode uh, feedback. We've gotten reviews on the podcast and nothing but positive feedback. All the reviews have been five out of five stars. So I just want to take a second thank everybody that listens. Um, it's just been cool to see. I mean, it kind of it took off even initially better than we we thought it was going to, but now it's just kind of rolling, and we're getting a lot more listens. People are sharing it, talking about their friends, or, t- or telling their friends about it. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of the reviews that we got. Um, so one of the reviews, um, so from Wiley's Outdoors, um, he's he's been listening for a while too. Great podcast, will laugh your ass off, and good talks about the outdoors. So I thought that was pretty cool. Hell yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Wiley Outdoors. Yeah. Um, and then let me find the last one here. 
if I can get my phone to work. There's only two. We gotta go, we gotta go back and give Why We Outdoors a good review. Yeah, I don't for know sure. what they do, but I haven't checked them out yet. For sure. <laughs> um, and then the other one's from Joe Rohr. Um, he sent this a couple weeks ago. He says, oh, my God, I just found you guys today, and I couldn't stop laughing. And then he says, snort, in all capital letters, <laughs> with, like, 10 exclamation points. So, yeah, um, thanks, yeah Joe. so good stuff. So thanks, Joe. Joe actually uh, requested to get a, a beer koozie. I sent him a beer koozie a couple days ago. So um, Dan and I are working on getting um, some stuff set up. But um, I guess now is a good time as any, Dan. So what do we, we got? we've been kind of teasing a, a – Kind of an announcement, some, yeah. some stuff we got going on with the podcast. We have um, lots of things in the future planned, but you know, I I think you deserve it. I think you deserve to make the announcement. I mean, this is your show, man. It's not my show. It's everybody's show. So, hey. I mean, I Bob and I had the idea. We've been talking about this shit for years, but so um, one of the things that we've been wanting to do is kind of try to get off the ground and get a, get a website launched. And uh, Dan helped us out with that. He's got some some experience with that. So. Um, we officially have launched the um, the terribleoutdoorsman.com. Yes, sir. So um, check it out. Um, still kind of a work in progress. It's mainly set. We've got some pictures uploaded. Um, kind of got a contact us page so you can submit your questions for our Q&A or any other questions that you have for us. You've got a kind of a bio on us. And it's going to be kind of developing. Like we've got more that we're going to be adding to it. So um thank you dan for setting that up no it's problem. awesome i mean he literally threw it today together one day and he's like hey check this out and i'm like fuck that's badass dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no problem there's Super a cool. uh, so there's a q a tab on there so um you know if anybody feels like sharing any of their terrible outdoorsman experiences or you know any of the good experiences that you have in the outdoors make sure you share that and we uh you know, we'll be happy to share it online the uh podcast episodes here so yeah that's something i think would be cool so every i mean I know a bunch of people who have like terrible stories. Like we, we've got a ton. We, I've still got a whole like list of stories that I can tell in future like BS sessions. And but I know some of our listeners have crazy ass stories like that. So send us those stories through uh, through the website. Um, that's the easiest way, really. Just send it through there. It'll send it right to our email. Um, and we'll read some of those on the air. I think it'd be entertaining just to kind of hear stories that other people have to. Mainly just so I know that other people have the same shit happen. Yeah, definitely. It's not just us. It's not just our group of guys. So. And you can always hit us up on social media, too. I mean, we, yeah. you know, those platforms, if, uh, you know, feel free to share. I mean, we, uh, we, we want to know. We're very interested. Yeah. Yep. So, and then that was the other thing I wanted to say, like, you know, if you, if you, if you are enjoying the podcast, one, thanks for sticking with us on episode 33 now. Yeah. 33. Thank you for sticking with us. I didn't know if we'd make it to fucking 33, let's be honest. So, But we are rolling strong. Thank you for still listening. Um, let's hear your stories. But um, mainly, you know, if, you, if you're enjoying it, share our posts. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, give us a follow if you're not following us. And then and share our posts so you can tell your friends about us. And that's so we can keep growing and, and hell, see where this thing goes. So that's kind of my thought. So the other thing I thought would be cool, too, is – Kind of piggybacking off of Joe's um, um, comment where he said the snort. Um, he had actually sent a comment that like he does. Like, he actually does the snort now. <laughs> yeah. If anybody does the snort now, like after catching a fish or maybe shooting a deer, like 
Please, God, send us a video. Please. That would be badass to see that. Tag us in that video. Like, I would love to see somebody else now doing the snort besides us. Let's start a hashtag on Instagram. That would be cool. Hashtag snort. Although it might mean something different. (laughs) Do, like, snort, but with, like, three or four O's, you know? Take it all the way, the the cocaine pages. Yeah. 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 So, Bob, (laughs) Bob and Jason, you guys have been here for... Just about every episode. So, what you guys got any any comments besides what I said? I know I'm throwing. I'm like blindsiding you because I didn't say I was going to like throw this in there. But go ahead, Jason. I was say, nope. Got? They're like, who talks first? We're on Zoom. Oh, you know me. I got nothing. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. That's uh, I we we appreciate all the feedback and stuff like that. Um. I'm pretty excited about, uh, you know, kind of the direction that the, uh, the podcast is going and kind of expanding a little bit. And that's kind of, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, we're, we're, we, we want to share this with people. That's the only reason that we even started this was so that we could share our ridiculous stories because everybody, it doesn't matter. Like uh, we just heard from a, a pro last week, uh, his ridiculous story, his terrible story. We got right? pooping that, pants. <laughs> <laughs> that, that dude pooping on his on his probably eighty thousand dollar bass boat, you know. So uh, you know, it, it's all good stuff. So like, if uh, if you do have stories and you you want to share them, like, reach out to us. I think that's probably the biggest issue is that some people might not know how to get in touch with us or, or whatever it is. And, you know, if, if it's a good enough story, man, like let's, let's get them on here. Let's, uh, you know, if you ever thought about being part of a podcast, we'd be more than uh, willing yeah. to interview you and hear what you have to say. I think yeah. it'd be cool. So yeah, yeah be that's awesome. awesome. And thanks, thanks to Dan for, um, for setting up that website. It looks awesome. It looks really good. Um, I like it. I like it as a, as a way to kind of, you know, any way that we can kind of project, what we do out there is, um, you know, definitely beneficial. I think eventually like the goal is to have like a, like a, a swag tab type thing where we could, you know, we could offload some of the stuff that we, uh, you know, or get that brand out there a little bit. You know, we have some pretty cool koozies, some good uh, t-shirt ideas and stuff like that. So yep. uh, those stickers are awesome to stick on your boat, your camper, your, you know, yep. Yeah, that was that was kind of my last comment. Is I, you know, the the last thing we're going to put on there is the the swag tab, because I've had a ton of people reach out to me of like where they can buy shirts, where they can buy koozies, where can they buy the stickers to put on their truck, their boat, their camper, whatever. So we're working on it, um, kind of working on the logistics of it, and you know, Dan, when we can get it all set up, hopefully in the next few weeks, Dan will get it thrown up on the website. Um, it'll just be under the swag tab. So swag um, tab. Be, hey, be, also- be patient. Be patient. Uh, We'll get it up there. So, also that um, on the uh, on the website, there's that that uh, you know, if you have a question type tab, um, where and, and that'll send the message directly to us. Um, if you have a veteran shout out, um, please, uh, you know, if you want to identify or, or notice some veteran out there that you're friends with or whatever, or if you're the veteran, you know, put your story. In that tab and send it to us so that we can uh, recognize some other people you know wait wait whenever i do those veteran shout outs it's usually people that i know that i want to just say hey thanks for your service yeah. but um you know we'd like to hear from some of our listeners you know some of our listeners that are veterans or that know veterans and uh, be able to kind of help or at least support them tell their story a little bit you know 
Maybe we can add a tab just for veteran shout Yeah, I mean, we could just yeah. do like a veteran of the month or yep. something like that, yep. you know, for sure. See, we're, it's going to be evolving, so yeah. keep checking back. Um, lot, lots more to come, but, yeah, that's just the, the terribleoutdoorsman.com. Real easy. So good good stuff. So, all right, so let's let's get into this weekend. Not that there's a whole lot to talk about um, besides just another terrible weekend. So um who, anybody want, want to start or oh, i gotta send this shit show down the i'll the start bar. i you weren't even here this week yeah part of it i wasn't invited thank you that's it oh. <laughs> snap that's where the terribleness starts mm-hmm. jason what do you I'll, i was gonna say i'll start by uh not really getting into the story but just my philosophy going into it it was exciting to to get back out and we were um being flexible and where we were going to be able to go play in the wind we knew it was going to be, a, well, most of us knew that it was going to be a little bit chilly. Some of us were not aware of what the weather forecast was, but um, some of we us, can, we can some of us knew it was that. going to be chilly. Yes, some yeah, of us knew. Some of us used the, the technology around us to determine what the weather forecast was going to be. Um, but it was just, it was going to be fun to get out. And the anticipation was on level 10 for me the anticipation of driving over there uh, but yeah i think i think uh ryan you do an excellent job of telling these stories and adding some details so i'll let oh, i will i mean like he's to really good at you, calling me out on my shit just because I, I like to i like to defer to you but if you say hey let someone else take this one then i'll i'll give it from my point of view because i do i do have one little story that i want to tell that might get lost in the details so i guess i'll just keep rolling the so devil's in the details yeah, so I roll up and uh, start unloading uh, my gear, my tackle and stuff. And one of the first things I wanted to do was when I was out salmon fishing, I was using my musky reel. And that Revo Toro Beast comes with a couple different handle options. And so I had one which had your like traditional two paddle handle already on there. And I wanted to change to the offset power handle. Um and on the side of that reel, there's a, I, I don't know the exact terminology for what's there, but there's like one primary nut that tightens the handle on there. And then there's like a little set screw that fits into the grooves of that larger nut. And I mean, the thing has like six threads on it. It's microscopic. So I'm standing at the back of my tailgate and I, I had the tools. I keep the tools in my tackle so that I uh, tackle box so I can swap the handles out and I get this little screw out. I get the handle switched over and I like applaud myself and say, all right, we're half done. We didn't lose the little screw. <laughs> and I go to set it on there and the thing falls into the gravel driveway. Yeah. Gravel and rock driveway. And yeah. So forever. I was, I was still able to get my reel back together. It's just a uh, kind of a safety, if you will, to keep that primary nut holding the, the real handle on there. So I do have to loop around and get a replacement. One of those, but got my tackle out. Um, and that's where the day Brian should have ended. Yeah, Ryan was willing to accommodate uh, more musky tackle on board, um, but we had plenty of room, and and so I get my tackle out and loaded, and then I start to bring out my clothes, and I <laughs> came over there with long john bottoms on and jeans, uh, hoodie, and then I had top and bottoms for rain gear, I had a long john top, a knit hat, fingerless gloves and a top and bottom ice fishing suit and Arctic pro muck boots, like the <laughs> coldest rated muck boots you can have. Couldn't be and more so, prepared. 
So Jimmy yeah, you were, sees you were me. ready to go. Jimmy sees me taking this stuff out, and Ryan's talking about his fancy vest, and he's got his bibs and stuff. And Jimmy's kind of walking around like, like a seagull in the Walmart parking lot, <laughs> looking around like, man, what? <laughs> what does that even fucking mean? Ha <laughs> 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 ha! picturing this. <laughs> so he's walking around trying to make heads or tails. Heads or tails of all this clothing. And he's like, like, you know, I don't know what his exact words were. He said something like, you guys think it's going to be cold or something like that. As it's it's like 35 degrees outside. Ryan looked at him and said, uh, (laughs) Ryan looked at him and said, did you bring bibs? And he's like, no. Did you bring long johns? No, he's like, no. He's like, no. Do you think we're going to need them? (laughs) And the forecast is like, I think, 50 and windy. Yeah, and so he shows up. I, uh, and, uh, well, you did have a jacket. I'll give you that. I had yeah. a. I, I I came in with my boots, my blue jeans, a jacket. Well, actually, it was a hoodie and a windbreaker. So and a, and a and a and a ball cap. So so we uh, we divvied up we divvied up the clothing um, and made sure. You know, I I brought a lot of clothes for two reasons. Number one was first for myself. I was going to take the you know first draft choice and figure out what I wanted, then give Jimmy the leftovers. But um, I was happy to be able to share that. It's no fun to be out there in cold, so that's okay. why I literally brought everything that I could. Yeah. Um, so so let's to just, try and prepare. So let's just recap. Jimmy didn't bring gloves. He didn't bring a hat. He didn't bring long johns. I don't bibs. have long johns. How do you know long so, johns? First of all, you guys had you guys knew you guys were doing this for weeks. I found out the day before. It still wouldn't change. It's still everything and, and still I don't prepared. I have never gone fishing in the fall. So I don't wasn't really sure what to expect. I'm more so I'm not really much of a fisherman. I, I'm more more so hunt. And I didn't want to get my hunting stuff out because then I didn't want to get my scent on it, you know, prematurely. So I really didn't have any warm gear to have, yeah. you know. I like I knew I was going to be cold, but but that was that's fine. Like as long as I'm on the boat fishing, like I'll shiver in casts. I don't I don't yeah. I don't care. But I do wholeheartedly appreciate uh, the gear you let me use, Jason. Um, you would have been no sucking. Ass it was an it was an eye opener. Have it because now I know what kind of gear that I want to get because it was great stuff. Uh, those bibs were amazing. Yeah. So um, there's there's it, it one was, there's it was cold out. There's an initial lesson in this trip. Like we haven't even left the parking lot. There's a lesson where you go out, you kind of observe what other people are doing, maybe methods, maybe equipment. You sort of gather some mental notes, collect your pennies, and save them up, and say, okay, I yeah. you know, and if I want to pursue this, if I want to be comfortable during fall. It's a little bit different out there, and so it, it takes some additional yeah, gear. And but the, and those bibs that you know that that you had and what I have, like those are super expensive, but you can just get a nice set of like Carhartt bibs for like probably 70, 80 bucks. And those would do fine yeah. in those type of conditions. They're not going to be waterproof yeah. by any means, but it's going to keep you warm and that type of shit. Yeah. So, so we, yeah, uh, it, was, it was cold. Yeah. We loaded the, up. These loaded boots up are made for over. walking. That's just what they do. over. And I, um, Jimmy, you talk about not necessarily being prepared with clothes. It took me a little while to actually con- draw the conclusion of exactly where the hell we were headed because I had <laughs> lake names a little bit confused in my mind. So we headed over to Thornapple, and I had previously fished with Ryan on a lake called Appleton, 
And when he typed in the um, <laughs> or the day before when he told me where we were going, I was like, well, this is a lot further away than I thought it was. <laughs> I, I, I wish there were musky in Appleton. Oh, yeah. shit. We type it in the GPS and he's like, that's when we're going to get there. <laughs> I mean, we had, it's I like an hour and 45 minute drive. Originally stuff, so. we were going to go to St. Clair. That was yeah. the plan. That's what we talked about the previous week, but the forecast was like 25 to 30 mile per hour yeah. winds. And it just was not going to happen. I, I did yeah. that this spring and I suffered through it and I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I mean, we had talked about maybe fishing Detroit River, fishing the Clinton River, and it's like, you know what? Let's just go to an inland lake. Yeah, because you know, at that point, you're still going to go to St. Clair. You're like, oh, look, it's it's right there. We 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 gotta go. No, but I'm good. I'm good. So yeah. So we get there. The the drive was forever long. I I was expecting it because I've been there half a dozen times with Bob and. So I was expecting it, and I could tell like you two were not expecting it to be a two-hour drive. No, we but we, drove, made we were it. We closer to Lake Michigan than we were to Lake St. Clair at that point. Yeah, yeah. So we made it. Um, a few guys launched before us, and they actually – I'm going to actually uh, hand it over to Jimmy because <laughs> while Ryan and I were going through the maze to use the bathroom, I peeked over my shoulder because <laughs> I saw another – we launched the boat, and I saw another boat pull in. And these guys get back, back their boat down, and I look down, and uh, let's on. just say I knew we had some content for the podcast. Hold on, we're not going to call them guys; we're going to call them oh, Googans because so I forgot where we were. Because this is Guggenville. So, in a previous podcast titled Guggenville, Bob and I tell a story of this lake and the Googans that surround this area, or at least the Googans that fish this lake. Apparently, and uh, we experienced it before we even stepped foot off the dock. So, Jimmy, take away Guggenville 2.0. So, you guys left me with the boat, which, thank God, Jason tied it off real good because, I mean, trusting me with the boat at the dock is not a good call. But a lot went down as you guys were gone for those (laughs) seven minutes. Uh, This uh, Chevy Malibu. Seven minutes? I was gone like a minute. (laughs) I parked the boat and went and took a piss. It felt like three days. (laughs) This Chevy Malibu comes backing up. (laughs) <laughs> this this Malibu's got like this like fourteen foot rowboat with a with an outboard on it and 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 it's got this guy who's dressed as an Eskimo. We're talking full Carhartt. He had that. Oh wait, Eskimo so they were hat. dressed for cool weather? Yeah, they were okay. dressed. Okay, so the okay. one guy the one guy in that <laughs> boat looked like Jimmer Nagamini from Menominee. They had so Jimmy the guy was the guy was backing back in the boat up, and the other guy was sitting in the back by the motor of that boat. They had the they had the upper assembly taken off, and the guy had this can of ether just ready to go. So as soon as they get that water, he starts spraying that that motor, and then good st- sign. starts it up. And he's just like drifting as he's trying to get this thing to start. And he finally gets it started. And uh, as the the guy doesn't even like park the car in like the appropriate spot, he just pulls up on the grass and and gets out and starts coming towards the dock to get on the boat with his buddy. And uh, so the boat's coming back our way, and it's coming in sideways. And not, it's coming in sideways, but it's coming towards our boat. He almost hit Ryan's boat. And literally, he's, like, reaching out to stop it. 
And I'm reaching out to also stop it. And I'm like, what is going on here? And he's like, yeah, we're coming in hot. And I was like, I see that. I, I walk out of the pisser and I see my boat like parked at the dock like a normal human being. And I see this dock sideways on the boat with the prop like right next to the, the back end of my boat. And I'm like, I look at Jason. And I'm like, the fuck is going on right now? Without- I mean, we, we've been gone for a minute and a half. What the fuck is happening right now? Without exaggeration, he put hands on your boat. That's how close he was to your how boat. How dare he? How and dare he touch the He was lady. his paws off. He was an inch and a half My and this is not an exaggeration hands. from hitting your prop. That's how close they were. And so I like stuck my foot out and like kicked his like not like a hard kick but like I pushed his boat with my leg to kind of get him to drift back <laughs> out. Uh, Credit so. shop. So we fish all day <laughs> and uh, fish for what? We got on the water maybe eleven o'clock and fish till five o'clock or so and proceed to get one measly follow of a muskie. Um, it was a big muskie though, and it caught me way off guard. Um, I was just so so. These two are chilling on their phones, just you know, not fishing at all, and uh, I'm just sitting there casting. Like I mind do. you, like, mind you, it's been four and a half hours of casting <laughs> in twenty mile an hour winds with no action. So yes, yeah. Jimmy and I decided we were going to take a break. Yeah, yeah. They so they did, and that, which is fine. Um, but if Bob's told the story about me. I don't, I don't take breaks. <laughs> I just cast and I cast and I, I stop for a minute and yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, they're, they're chilling on their phones and like, I'm just, just casting as we drift across a certain spot and I'm looking at the graph and I'm like, man, it really looks good. It's like eight foot in, in really good weeds. And I'm like, man, I haven't seen this on this lake anywhere. All I've seen is drop off and flat and all of a sudden like I'm, bringing in a black shadzilla and all, all of a sudden i just see see this muskie from like 10 feet away swim behind it and it's like hot on its ass and i'm like i don't remember what i said jason but i'm like here we go boys you're like oh here we go boys yeah like i like because i'm like sitting back relaxed leaning against my seat post and i'm like all of a sudden like it's game on and i start doing figure eight and nothing so uh that was probably 3 30 4 o'clock maybe so then yeah. we proceed to fish the next hour and a half the same spot over and over and over and over and never saw another fish <laughs> but we could really only fish like one spot on that lake because the wind was so bad even out there like we tried going to the one side of the lake um we fished for about four minutes and even i was like yep we're going back to the other side boys because it was i mean it, i couldn't control the boat it was just drifting across the lake and that's the, the only thing i could do so we quickly motored back to the other side of the lake, and then, uh, and we honestly got we fished one side of the lake. So it is what it is. It was fun, but I would do it again. I, I had a good time. Yeah, I mean, it, it was cold. Even for me, it was cold, and I, it takes a lot for me to get cold. But I, I was cold. I bet uh, Captain JG was nice and warm. <laughs> All the gear. I was he decent. He was yeah. decent. I, I, I was good, and I, I wasn't even wearing a jacket. I was wearing my hoodie, but I had my heated vest on. Something my dad turned me on to. It's a heated vest, runs off a little battery pack. Man, was that money? Because I was just I was wearing that vest with a hoodie over top of it, and I was good. I was I was comfortable. The only thing that got cold were my fingers, and my ears a little bit. But you got to get that Altrex, man. I know you got to get it next season. I know. I, yeah. know, I know. It is worth it. So it was fun to get out there, but I mean, obviously not a very 
very productive day. But the conditions were not good. That front came in really that night. And not that it was a cold front because it was kind of already cold, but it was just obviously a low-pressure system because that wind was wicked. And, uh, I mean, even we looked at, like, I think while we were out there, we looked at the fishing app to see, like, oh yeah, the, of course. The, like, the fishing conditions, and it was poor. It was like 10%. They told you 10%. to go home. Yeah, they said, go home. <laughs> Why did you come out here, you dumb dumb? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I wish we could have made out St. Clair. I feel like we may have had more luck, but... That's the way the cookie crumbles. That's a terrible outdoorsman right there. So It's always next time. So then Jason and I, we had plans to fish Sunday morning. We were gonna, at that point, we were going to fish the Detroit River. Like, that was our game plan. Detroit River, we knew the launch we were putting in. It was going to happen. It was just him and I because nobody else could, could make it. And um, get back to my house, and we fry up some venison and drink a couple beers. And and, and at that point, Jason's like, yeah, I'm going to. We're, I'm gonna go, and then so I'm like, ah, oh, let's do a quick shot. And 20 minutes later, Jason's texting his mom saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna spend the night at Ryan's house." <laughs> and the rest of the night is history. We proceed to drink for the next three to four hours, and actually recorded it, and not gonna post any of that <laughs> nonsense. Um, and yeah, we didn't go fishing the next day. Needless to say, we tied we tied one on pretty good. So classic. Did I miss any details, Jason, in that story? I mean, there's lots of details of that night, but I don't know how deep we want to get down that rabbit hole. No, that was pretty good. Um, in the grand scheme of things, on the fishing trip, no, didn't put any fish in the boat. But the little bit of musky fishing I've done, the little bit of musky uh, fishing that I have read about and talked with people about, the fact that we were able to go out and saw a fish in the musky world—that's like kind of—that's kind of a significant trip. You know, yeah, I'm, I can't tell you how many times Bob and I have gone out and we didn't even see a fish. Exactly. I mean, I mean you move a fish way more than is... we've actually seen fish. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, I think uh, I think my my criteria for musky fishing has to identify that. Like if you see yeah. a fish, that's that's a pretty big deal. Yep. So I do want to go back there, though. I mean, even this year, I would consider trying to get over there. Before it gets too late. Yeah, there's still a lot of the musky season left. I mean, you can fish them for them up till December if you have the right attire. Yeah. He he just looked right at me when he said that. (laughs) I had to. So, Jimmy, anything else that you want to add to that that day? Well, we ate like kings. I'll I'll throw that out there. Jimmy ate six sandwiches. Uh, One thing, I I have a rule that if I'm involved, we're eating good. Um, I made sure to – I already knew that uh, Jason had bought – some snacks and sandwiches and stuff like that. Uh, I ended up running to the store right before we went out and I got like another, like two pounds of meat and cheese and (laughs) some fancy French bread and uh, whole romaine lettuce leaves. Like I I went all out and then got some more power. I'm motoring away from the dock and I look back and Jimmy on my motor housing, my boat, he's got lettuce laid out. He's got. It looked like Subway back there. It did. It did. It looked like the the dude from Subway whipping up some sandwiches. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a good sandwich. Hit the spot, but yeah, you got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah. It was just funny. I look back and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> My whole housing is covered in romaine lettuce, bread, meat, and cheese. So, um, I would be interested in uh, you know within the next couple weeks if you guys have a day off or anything. You know, I I could schedule a vacation day. I'd like to hit it again. It's going to be tough. I'm just going to be honest because that rut's going to fire up pretty soon. So if I'm musky fishing, it's probably within the next week. 
because then that rut by once you hit Halloween, probably two weeks of my days off will consist of sitting in the tree stand because that's the best time to hunt. So, well, hopefully, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But so, also, hopefully, next week uh, I'll be talking about uh, another deer that I harvested because I am going, uh, I'm going on a hunting trip this weekend and I've got high hopes. Shoot one that's Sweet. a little bigger so you don't eat the whole thing. In I don't one, think in I, one meal. I don't think I could possibly <laughs> shoot one smaller, Ryan. <laughs> well, I didn't want to go there. And if I may say, this meat is so tender. <laughs> that it is it's, it's, it, that's, that's I, a thing i would do it again that's a thing so i will say jimmy the meat that you gave me uh mixed with bacon from your place up in gladwin excellent yeah it's really good well, it's, i, it's I had i had some that i was gonna have for dinner tomorrow but uh, i guess not i guess not yeah so i <laughs> promised dan that i would give him a, a tube and <laughs> since i was i shot all the way down to belleville uh to to get my bow serviced and i had to rush up here um, so I forgot a tube for Dan. So I was like, well, you can just have Ryan's tube. <laughs> just volunteer. <laughs> you know. it, and but what's great about it is it's already thought out. I already see it. Like I see it in his fridge. Yeah. I'll just bring I thought Ryan that because we, we were, we were actually going to cook it tonight. And then when we decided to do the podcast, I'm like, all right, no, we'll do it tomorrow night. So, uh, you can talk to my wife about that when she gets back. Yeah. So uh, I ain't talking to your wife about that. It's going to stay right in your fridge when I leave here. <laughs> I'm not, I don't dare. Man. No, she don't really care, but that's funny. Well, good stuff, boys. That's fun. Just a, kind of a quick BS session. I know um, in the agenda, probably next week, we're going to talk pretty heavily about deer hunting because it's going to be right around the rut. We've got a whole kind of agenda. We've been, seems like we keep putting it off, but we just have other episodes that keep coming into play. So um, that'll probably be the next episode is really talking the rut and uh, maybe a little bit more about gear and, and breaking that down in upcoming episodes. So um, we got a lot of a lot of good episodes coming up that are kind of uh, schedules slash um, in the works. A couple guys from the DNR um, that we're kind of follow up with. I know we've been talking about it, but it's just obviously the busiest time of the year for the DNR. So getting them on is it's going it's going to be a logistic uh, nightmare, but we're going to do it. So we have a gentleman uh, to talk about CWD. Um, we've got a guy to one of the biologists. Um, up in Harsons Island to talk about waterfowl and kind of what's going on up there in the St. Clair Flats and in that area. Um, I just kind of confirmed I've got a real special guest, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw it out there. We're going to tease it. Really, really cool guest that I'm super excited for. Yeah, it's going to be clickbait when we post it. Just, just click that. Don't worry about it. So, (laughs) um, really cool guest that I'm super excited that I was really happy we were able to kind of get locked in. So that'll be coming up here. Um, the next couple of months. So lots of good stuff um, that it's coming down the pipeline. So, yeah. Big things coming for the Terrible Outdoorsman, boys. Big things. So, I do have one more thing. What you got? Be rooting, be tooting, and by God be shooting. But above all, let's finish this off with a snort. Amen. Somebody didn't forget about it. That was a little curveball there. See, now I can't edit it out You're because really, he's got the snort in it. I guess I can really try to finesse it. He's getting smarter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're editing enough of my shenanigans out. Or did you not get it? I, oh. I let you do yeah. the uh, first one. Oh, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I edit about 90% of Jimmy out of episodes. He talks a lot more, I swear, guys. 
Yeah, I'm the mean cousin, apparently. Sometimes I, I don't know why. Sometimes my mouth just starts going and it's just pure filth that just escapes it. So I, well, I apologize. Ooh, we know that's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Jimmy's got a bit of a potty mouth at times. I've got to cut him out. I'm like 40% shit talk and 40% filth and then 20% just a normal, yeah. a normal guy. Yeah. So Dan, what do you got? You know, I uh, I got nothing except that's, for hey, uh, that's, that, that's Jason's <laughs> mind. No, you except think for of something else. except for the fact that uh, I'm ready to nail down this uh, this deal that we got to make this bet. So start start brainstorming. Uh, Next time know, we have both of you on, you we're going to lock in yep. what this bet's going to be. So yep, I want to hear it. brainstorm. Let's do it. Other than that, I'm good. Yeah, Jason. This weekend coming up, I am going to be over at the cabin with the family, getting that uh, kind of shut down for winter. And then um, because the weather is supposed to be nice and relatively calm, right now Big Red sitting at the cabin from coming back from Ludington back in August. So we're going to take it over to get the winterization and shrink wrap done um, over by Saginaw Bay. But I think we're going to turn that into a – one last trip on Big Red for some walleye. Just burn a little more fuel, get out there, take advantage of the nice weather. And then in two weeks, I'll be headed to New York for archery. Good stuff. Busy, busy schedule for this guy. So our plans were to do a podcast on Saturday and get you uh, re- you know, recorded in person. And unfortunately, Mr. Coors Light and uh, a little absinthe. <laughs> Jason took the absent <laughs> challenge and it, just, it didn't go well. So next time, next time you're in town, like I said, you need to come in more often, come into town more often than every six months. So we don't put a bender on every six months and we don't wake up the next day. Yeah. We've got kind of a bad habit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's like every time around you, I'm puking anymore. So whether I know fit- that's what I, <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> All right, Bob, what do you got? Just wishing I was fishing, man. Um, hey, no, Kentucky's supposed to have hunting. some really good musky fishing. I'm just saying. There's there's some stuff down here. The hunting is phenomenal. I've been I, I see deer every single day all over the place. But um, yeah, and 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 it just makes me more and more mad that I'm sitting here not in a tree stand. So, but yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be sitting here for the next few weeks getting my learn on, but. I'll be back right in time for the rut, right in time for uh, for the rifle season. So, um, but other than that, keep your legs crossed, your mind on Jesus, on Jesus. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't mind that line. I don't know about the first line, but I, I dig that one. So. All right. So as I said earlier, thanks again for listening. Thanks to everybody for your support. Um, just just keep it up. Um, give us a follow on all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Check out our website, theterribleoutdoorsman.com. Um, again, submit your, your questions for upcoming Q&As. I know I still got a list of, of questions we got to get to. We got to start doing more than one episode a week. You guys need to get your schedules together. We got to get this <laughs> shit going, okay? We get, we got we got stuff together. to do, okay, boys? But, no, submit your questions if you got any questions you want us to kind of cover. Um, you know, your, the veteran shout-out, if you have a veteran shout-out, Bob would love those. We can start compiling those, and maybe we'll throw something together on the website. Um, and then – yeah, you know, if you have any terrible stories, I want to hear them. 
I would love to read your stories on the air and we can kind of laugh with them because that's what it's all about. This whole thing was started just to have fun and that's that's where we're at still. So um, we appreciate the listens. We're having a ton of fun. That's why we've still done this every week because it's a reason to get the boys together. Jason, we talked about it. You and I, fuck, we didn't talk, but a couple times a year maybe, you know, like, you know, yeah. just between you moving all over the world and so now we shit, we talk once a week. We've seen each other three or four times this year. You know, that's what this is all about. Getting us together, drinking beers with the boys, and yeah, that that's literally what this is all about. So Okay. That's all I got. Thanks again for listening. And as always, get outdoors and don't be terrible. Bye.